This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Curamore, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. My co-host, Patrick Rowe, is a board member of Curamore, as well as being a longtime church planner in the greater Houston area and Thailand. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button. Okay, so we're back again. I'm Coffee Shop. This is Fly Fishing and John. And John. <laughs> Another episode still no nickname. Right. So this is the Prayer Culture Podcast with Michael and Patrick. And uh, we're continuing last episode talking about song lyrics. Um, so we're going to move to, you know, a different space here a little bit. And this one... This one's going to be interesting. You guys okay. ready? Yeah, because cool. I honestly, in the first episode, I feel like you softballed us a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Some yeah. of them were kind of softballed. Yeah. A little bit. So are we going to get into like like some more gritty, controversial? We're going to get to some gritty on both sides of the aisle, like not ah, just one-sided. Yeah. And I'm going to start with one that some jaws are going to drop that I'm actually mentioning this one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Don't hate me, okay? We're going to have an honest opinion about it. Okay. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Uh, Context uh, is there's all these things that we're doing in the gospel or becoming saved or doing things for the Lord. And every one of them ends with yet not I, but through Christ in me. So the controversy here, mm -hmm. this could be viewed as a hyper Calvinistic sentiment. Like okay. it's so yeah. much. And I've talked to, I've never had like any like more Arminian or charismatic or anything like that. People tell me specifically the lyric to this song, but I have had them like say to me like, Hey, um, just don't forget, like you're part of the story. Mm. Like you're working in partnership yeah. with God. Uh -huh. Right. So we're not going to have a debate about you know, Calvinism or Arminianism on Let's this, do it. Did this podcast. <laughs> Let's open that can of worms. Right. We're not going to have that specific debate about, you know, the correctness or whatever. But in terms of the song, it does take a pretty, it, the, the lyric is a strong stance. It's not really that like middle-ish. It's kind of yeah. like a pretty straight up strong stance on the sovereignty of God. So okay. uh, thoughts. This is one of my favorite songs ever. Oh, okay. And I think Good. that, like, when I think about that first verse, it's like, what gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. You know, like, Woo. to me, I'm like, ah. Oh. I just like, it. like, every, that that is one of my favorite songs ever because it recognizes something that is very profound. And I think to the Armenians, to the Armenian, to the Armenians like defense, I can see how the thought, I, I think that that is an instance where you could find a song that a Calvinist would criticize for a very similar reason, where when you have such a strong theological view one way, you begin to kind of filter how you receive things through that rather than receiving them for what they are. Mm. 
Mm. And yet not I, but through Christ in me is such a powerful way because when I think about it, like, okay, well, what's the alternative? Am I saying that, Lord, look at what I did. All these things, like I accomplished it. To me, that's anti-gospel. Like literally Christ, Christ is the Holy Spirit is moving within us. And it's because of Christ's sacrifice that we even are able to experience salvation. Mm-hmm. In that way, like, yeah, it's like yeah. it's through Christ that I'm experiencing these things. Like, to this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. Yeah. All the glory evermore to him. Yeah. You know, it's like I I and that's another part of it too that I think we can say when we go through these songs. It's like, okay, if somebody says that something a song is saying is wrong then we have to presuppose that what they are saying is that an alternative would be more correct. So what's the alternative to saying yet not I, but through Christ, Mm, you know, that's good. Like question. That is good. And, uh, so this song is, uh, that's my very strong take on it. I love this song. So I'm just going to go on a limb and say, John's thumb is up. (laughs) (laughs) My thumb is uh, very up. It's all the way up. (laughs) This song is thumbs up. Five stars, you know, (laughs) I know John, I, I agree with you. Here's the thing that I, that I, and I understand what you're saying where the controversy is, Michael. It's like, um, we don't want to, we don't want to have theology that, would exclude other good theology. Yeah. You know, like you mm-hmm. like you isolate yourself into one good idea from the Bible yeah. to the exclusion of another good idea from the Bible. And I feel like that's what happens with a song like this is yeah. on, you know, <clears throat> on, among a more Calvinistic thinker or something, if we want to say that, um, then you have this extremely high view of the sovereignty of God, of the the uh, uh, omnipotence of God. You know, he's in the heavens. He does as he pleases. Uh, he will have his way. All these things, which are all good biblical ideas. Yeah. And there is the importance of humankind to God and our responsibility and what we do matters and how we respond or if we believe all these things actually matter. Sure. It's not either or it's both. And, and and we can get into an either or problem with a song like this. So the scripture that comes to mind for me is, is Galatians when Paul says, uh, verse 20, 220, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And we're yeah. all going, amen, thumbs up to the song. And then he says, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's like, oh, oh yeah. okay. So it's wait, like it is things, me living yeah. a life, you know? And th- yeah. this is what my, a, a former pastor and mentor that I had always, he loved this verse and he loved to live in that space where that that verse creates, where it's both and, and he would always say, so is it Jesus or me? Yes. You know, and that's where you want to be is in that space where it's both in, which is this, these are mysteries. Yeah. And, and I think we, we, I, I sort of mentioned it before we even got on the podcast, but like, this is one of those things where you get to see how the theological views are kind of separated based off of what part of the gospel they're emphasizing and what part they're neglecting. Where it's like, okay, when it comes to salvation, if Jesus didn't do what he did, there's nothing. There's nothing. You know? And what we do is futile. You know, but sure. at the same time, part of the gospel is our response yeah. to that. You got to believe it. And so I think that it's like you, it's not like somebody is sitting here 
you know, saying, oh, God just, you know, he, he does everything and, and nothing that we do matters. Cause like, if you're, that is the path of a hyper Calvinist mm-hmm. is saying like, yeah. oh, like, well, okay. It's like a theological nihilism almost. Mm, sure. But at the same time, I think the thing that a lot of Calvinists fear is that the Arminian view is that like, oh, because we do so much, it almost can tread into the side of, okay, there are works that we then commit that allow us to then kind of you know, either earn our way or say that we have any power in it. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And that's what kind of creates that disconnect. Um, right. But right. like you said, it's like a, it is a yes and. It's kind of like, well, no, a little bit of both things are, sure. are true. Well, and yeah. to be fair here, most Arminian believers now are like three-point Calvinists. They're not like, <laughs> they're not right. like complete liberationists or right. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, but... I, I agree. I love this song. I really do. It's I do one too. of it's just such a blessed song. And it's you guys rich. are right. The foundation of everything is yet not I, but through Christ in me. So I like that. If I were to like change something, maybe the way I would structure the verses would be very intentional about something that a person in the Trinity fulfills. And then I would put yet not I, but this person in the Trinity. Okay. Mm. Maybe I, you know, so, cause like later in the song, they start to talk about the works of the Lord that you're doing. Right. Mm. And it, so it's maybe not as much about the initial gospel act. It's about, okay, what results from that yeah, is yeah. I start doing these things. And so maybe you could say yet not I, but the spirit in me or something like that, Yeah, where it's, you, it's interchangeable because Jesus does say in the word, um, we will take residence in you. So I think in the song context, you can interchange it biblically right. very well. So I think it still works, uh, but like, you know, you could kind of say it that way and it would be a little bit more technically, right. you know, right. correct in and some ways. If I can, I, I think this gets this song really gets to the issue, which we've talked on it a bit, but to point it out real specifically, where songs highlight one aspect of the gospel, which is really true and really rich, and you can't say it too emphatically, you know, you can't exaggerate it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you don't also highlight some aspect of the gospel that feels like it balances it somehow, then someone will criticize you. Sure. Yeah. You know, someone will go, oh, you didn't mention that part of the gospel, so you must not believe it. And now this song is bad. Yeah. Instead of just celebrating this aspect of the gospel, you know? Well, it's just this, it's the same thing as the difference between preaching and teaching, right? Teaching your goal is to like teach the facts and like have both all the sides laid out there and the, you know, div- come to the truth that way. And preaching is meant to galvanize people. Mm. And if you teach when you're preaching, people are not going to get very galvanized. Mm. They're going to be like, Oh, you know, he's like prefacing everything and like asterisking everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is with the music and the art form. If you do that in music, it's going to make the music, probably kind of dry and it's going to drag it out too long and it's going to, it's not going to work to create the galvanization that you need in worship. It breaks up the flow and it can, and it can become super wordy. Like there's some songs that are very wordy that try to do that. Cause they're trying to be real didactic and teachy. Yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on this one. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. up. John, I'm shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So here we go. So we're going to go to the other side now. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so song context, <laughs> this is what a beautiful name. Yeah. Um, I've heard in many church contexts, this song played 
without this verse context where it yeah. has been played. So the rest of the words are very solid. Like the first verse is like, you were the word in the beginning. Yeah. Like oh, so yeah. powerful. Yeah. Um, so this though, this line, you didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. What do you guys think? The, I think this is one that at my church, we've done the song, but we would change that verse. <laughs> like we would alter it. Like we literally rewrote it. Um, and I think that the big argument against it is, uh, and this is another thing too, that we'll probably talk about more. I don't know if we have already, but it's like making the, it almost, and this is the argument against it. It almost makes it seem like the reason that God did the, which is weird. Cause even as I say it, it's kind of like, well, that also is kind of true. <laughs> it is like, but like the reason that God did everything was simply for us and that's it. Like that's kind of the, that's, that's the criticism. That's the outlining of the controversy is, yeah. um, this makes Jesus about us. Like Jesus requires us. He has uh -huh. an unmet need and I, he needs right. us to fill that need. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I think that the, the group that holds this criticism, they typically come from the place of, oh, well, God did everything for his glory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like in the beginning, there was God and he created everything and said it was good because that was part of him kind of showing his glory, expressing who he was through mm -hmm. that. Um, and I think that's why when you get there, they think that you're trying to substitute the idea that the gospel was for God's glory with the gospel simply was because God just wanted us and needed us. Yeah. Like, um, he, like he was lonely. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the main criticism I've mm -hmm. heard of this song is like, as if the song's implying that God was lonely without us in heaven, yeah. you know, like he's just kind of bored and yeah. needing fellowship with us, yeah. you know, and so he's not. So then, of course, the pushback is, no, God is completely self-satisfying, self-sufficient. He lacks yeah. nothing, you know, he doesn't mm -hmm. need man time exactly. for anything. And we would say amen to all of those, all that good theology. Yeah. You know, God is who he is, and he's just independently awesome and amazing. Yeah. Which and is really what the first verse is about. Right. Of the yeah. song. Right. But that's, that's what's funny about this song, really, is <laughs> all the other verses, you're like, whoa, like strong on yeah. like God's sovereignty and his glory and, and his power and all yeah. these things apart from us. And then and there's then the one verse that's like, oh, you didn't want heaven without us. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, wait, you're talking about people. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, go ahead, John. You had more thoughts. I was going to say that, you know, for me, it's one of those things where it neglects, it, it neglects the criticism neglects one aspect, which is that it's not so much. I think sometimes people get confused with God wanting something with God needing to do something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's that's right it right there. That's you know? the issue. It's like it's God didn't need us. He didn't need us to to he could have just made a whole nother humanity. Like he created He could have scrapped it. He could have just scrapped everything and started over if he wanted to. But no, he orchestrated the gospel because he did want to have communion with yeah. us. Yeah, right. You know, so right. the that aspect of it is, if I were to listen to this song for the first time with the worldview that I have, that's what I would, that's what I would get so out of it. Yeah. If you have good teaching and your people understand this, then it's you didn't want heaven without us, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. Really, the point here is Jesus does not need us. He does not need fellowship with us to be fulfilled, mm -hmm. but he does greatly desire it. Yes. God desires fellowship with us. He created us for that purpose. 
uh, without without the lack or the need of it, Mm -hmm. but such a great and strong desire for it. And this is making a strong statement about that. Yeah. Is really the heart of it, it seems like, with coupled with the rest of the song. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not so it's the song itself, maybe the verse, if you isolate the verse, it doesn't kind of couch the statement with all this teaching about God's self sufficiency, you know? Yeah. But if you take the song as a whole, it does. Sure. It does say really amazing, great things about God's grandness and glory and, and independence and our need of him and all those things. So to me, I I never really, I guess initially when I heard the song, I wasn't like, what? You yeah. know? But I heard the criticism and I was like, oh, I guess I could see how somebody could feel that way. But then, man, it didn't take me long before I was like, guys, chill out. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Well, it's it's like, true that God wants fellowship with us. Why? What? How is it an unbiblical or an anti-gospel statement that say to say that God wants to have intimate fellowship with us? Yeah, because that's just true. That's just true. <laughs> it's that, true. That's <laughs> actually what makes the gospel yeah. so rich and beautiful. Yeah, is that that God so desired fellowship with His creation that He was willing to enter into it and die for it. Yeah. He didn't do that because he needed to, but because he wanted to. That makes it even better. Come on. So I'm I'm good with it. This is another song where the only compelling argument that I've heard about it is, and I think I mentioned it in a previous episode with another song, where it's, I know that because I have a biblical worldview and I could see, and and sometimes, that, and this is something I've heard from, from the elders, is that it's one of those things that if somebody that doesn't understand or isn't able to make those connections mm. could potentially go to a weird place. Yeah. Good I, teaching solves that problem. It does. Exactly, it does. <laughs> and I, and I, think, I really think in our churches, and I've been so guilty of this, and I'm sure I, I will be guilty of this again in the future, I'm so afraid of being wrong or potentially yeah. being wrong in some way that I don't just express my heart, just express my theology without, you know, like, I believe this, without going, oh, but wait, it's just so that you don't get the wrong idea. I also believe this and this. Like, we need to calm down and just celebrate good things without yeah. having to constantly apologize for them with other good things. Okay, so thumbs up, thumbs down on You Didn't Want Heaven Without Us. Thumbs up. I think thumbs up. Uh, at you my, think. No, so I say thumbs up for <laughs> me because we have done it at our church. Okay. We just alter it a little bit. So I guess if we're but just you change the that, lyrics, so that's that doesn't count. So yeah, that doesn't count, bro. If that doesn't count because we change the lyric, then it would have to be thumbs down. Okay, I want to see it. Thumbs up for us. Yeah, thumbs thumbs down. There you go. Patrick. All right, all right. <laughs> it has to be on camera. <laughs> Documented. With everyone that loves this song. <laughs> Documented. Oh man. Okay. We're gonna get so much fire here. We love y'all. We do. We love everybody in the body of Christ who's <laughs> yes. listening to this. Even if you yes. love so these much. songs, they're, they're, they're oh, yeah. love, hate there's... them, or anything. We love you guys. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and ultimately, if 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 you choose division over any of these songs, then that's like a heart check. Thumbs down on division. <laughs> this is a great. That's what we need to cap with right there. No uh, division. Okay. So the next lyric is actually very similar, kind of in the makeup, the DNA of it. The reckless love of God. <laughs> so the, the basically the way the chorus goes is, oh, the um, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Yeah. And to get a little more context, he goes on to say how it chases me down, finds me out, leaves the 99. Mm. Uh, and then he goes on about how I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. But you give yourself away. Um, so that's kind of the chorus context. 
Reckless love of God comments. I, uh, so I actually, the first time I heard this, I was like, hang on. I don't like that word. Yeah. I love the song. Yeah. I really love the song. Mm-hmm. And that one word in the song, I was like, that's what does it. Dang, bro. I wish you would have just picked a different word. That's what does it. And I, and at our church, we did this song once and people flipped out because of that word. Because of the word. Okay. Because yeah. the word re- reckless. I'm assuming that's the word you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's the word. Just yeah. reckless. Just the word reckless. That is, that is the thing that creates the controversy. Yeah. Um, and that's why we, we haven't done it at our church since. Okay. So Patrick, what were you saying about it? Okay. So yeah. Um, yeah, that one word and I, <clears throat> I, over time I've, I've just questioned myself, you know, I try to be in the habit of questioning myself, you know, well, why does that bother me? You know, and yeah. actually search out the scriptures and, and those kinds of things. Not that, you know, whether or not I like a one song is like taking up a lot of time in my day, but but I want to be serious about if if something bothers me that is meant to be worshipful and we're singing it in our churches and all that stuff, but I kind of have this little check in me, then I want to understand it. So I I actually feel like since I've tried to understand why that word bothers me, I feel like I landed in a very similar place to what we're saying about a lot of these songs, which is, well, it depends on how you hear it or what was meant by the person who wrote the word. You know, what did he mean? And if you take it in the context of the whole song, then I can understand. He's saying it's like, like the way we, he's using the word reckless yeah. is that like God will stop at nothing. Yeah. You cannot put an obstacle in front of him. And it's like relentless. He overcomes everything. He gave his only son, you know, for us, people that didn't deserve it. Yeah. There's so many illustrations in the Bible that show how God doing that is such a product of grace. Like it doesn't make sense. Like that, that the Bible illustrates, I was just, I was doing a Bible study with my, uh, with my son, Josiah, and we were, um, and we were talking about the genealogy of Jesus. And one of the names that, cause we were in Luke, one of the names that I mentioned was Boaz. And I was like, oh, this is a cool opportunity. I get to show how Boaz contributes to the gospel narrative. We go into Ruth and we're reading the passage where Boaz is, is, uh, is going to, he's about to purchase this property, um, because um, he wants to marry Ruth. And all throughout the whole thing, the context of it is he actually goes to everyone else because he's trying to find ways to help Ruth because the, the land had accumulated some kind of debt. There was something in it where the inheritance was bad because the husband had died. And so he's going around asking people, oh, will you, will you redeem this property? Will you redeem this property? And there's so many people that are like, no, because it'll mess up my inheritance. Mm. And Boaz, without question, when everyone says that they wouldn't do it, he's like, okay, well, then I will do it. Mm. I will take it upon myself to take this. And, you know, like, even though it has like, even though it's this debt, I'm going to take upon all these things so that, and he did it. And it's, and it's so amazing because in scriptures, he says, it's so that the name of this house will be restored into Hmm. like the whole family. And like, it won't be like, it won't go away. Cause I think it was after that, when the husband dies, I think it was like a, at the culture at the time when the husband died, it was almost like your bloodlines like kind of over. Um, and they, and it was like, and when I, and when I read that, I was like, dang, that's like, that's the gospel right there. Yeah. Literally against 
willing to take a loss. Yeah. So that someone, so that others could be, so that there could be restoration. Right. You know, yeah. um, and that doesn't make any sense. It, Anybody it, would yeah. say that that's like that. That's stupid. Like uh, in America, reckless. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody could call yeah. him reckless. Yeah. In his own culture, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, and that's of yeah. course what the author of the song meant. That's was what he like, meant. Yeah. God, God was willing to just throw himself into the midst of human history, become a person, and pay the greatest personal cost. Yeah. Beyond even just death, but scorn and shame and humiliation and. Yeah. And derision and all these things, you know, he was willing to throw himself into that for our redemption. Yeah. And you could say, like, I mean, we say it all the time. Why would God do that? Yeah. What we're saying is that seems reckless. You know, <laughs> that's kind of what we're sense. saying. Why would he, yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense except for love. Mm-hmm. It just love compelled him to do it. It just love that just comes from who he is. So I understand why the words there. If I wrote the song, it wouldn't have been as good because I'm not a songwriter. But yeah. if he would have said, hey, what do you think about this word reckless right here? I'd have been like, eh, maybe pick a different word. Maybe we can do better yeah. with that one word. But overall, I like the song. And I'm and I'm, I'm not so apprehensive about seeing even that word as I used to be. Sure. Because of what I know he meant by it. Yeah, this is another one of those songs where it is a corporate versus personal thing. To me, I could listen to this song by myself and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm having a good worship time. Mm-hmm. Corporately, I can see why it doesn't work as well because of the sensitivity of that. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, and I would yeah. say that the sensitivity is understandable because we don't want to be teaching our churches that there's something haphazard yeah. about the love of God. Like it is calculated. Yeah. God is intentional. He's mm-hmm. serious. He's not flying by the seat of his pants. You yeah. Know, if that's what we mean by reckless, that's not right. Exactly. That's not who God is. But I, but I don't think that that's but I don't think that that's what um the writer of that song meant. Of course. Well, so right. I've actually heard the artist explain it at a concert. Oh, um, word. Okay. Explain what he means. And he affirms basically what you guys are saying. He says, like, hey, listen, this is not that God is reckless as an individual or whatever. It's that all these things that he's done seem reckless to the world. Mm, And that's actually one of the greatest witnesses that the gospel is not a man-created, man-made thing. Mm. Yeah. Because the Greek gods and all the pagan gods are clearly just like men and would never do anything like this. They have human motivations. And so I love... I think the word gets people's attention. I mean, obviously it is because we're talking about it. Like, so I actually love that he stuck with that word because it got, it's getting people's attention to think about it. Okay. In the world's eyes, this is reckless. And to be honest, like, to be fair, I do some supplemental worship leading at open doors, which is a house church. That's very small where people are probably close, pretty close to the same camp. I'm not at a little bit bigger church like John, where it's, uh-huh. you got a plethora of people you're thinking about. I do believe in pastoral care. I also do believe that the people in our church are smart and they listen to teaching and they read the Bible. If we teach, you know, if pastors are teaching them to do that. Yeah. So I, I do think we need to give people a little bit more credit. Mm. Like, like they're going to miss hey, the whole gospel. Because if you we love yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah. you've got the spirit of God in you. Mm-hmm. And they're going to take, they're going to take a journey too, because they hear this song. If they have enough humility, they're going to take a journey to discover what is trying to be said there and what God can teach them out of it. 
especially about their own pride. Cause like you said, like that word sends off red signals at, or uh, red lights all at once, but it's mm-hmm. like, okay, wait, pause. Why do I have an issue with this? Mm-hmm. Is it actually unbiblical? Or if I look at the whole of the context and I, I read the Bible and I think about it, actually it's a really powerful use of language to teach me and to encourage me about what God's done for me. Right. And I, and I can embrace what the artist was saying that is true about God's love without neglecting all the other truth I know about God and how sovereignly in control he is and how calculated he is, how wise and responsible he is. Yeah. You know, I don't have to, it's not like I stop believing that stuff because I think there's something about God's love that seems reckless. It's just crashing through walls and what does he say, you know, kicking down doors or something. No, that was a different song. That was, a, that was, okay. that was, that was what we did before. I thought he said something like that in this song. No. Also. I no. don't, not that I remember. Okay. Uh, maybe in the bridge or something. It doesn't matter. Okay. So thumbs up or thumbs down on this one? Ah. I mean, you said In the me church. Up. We're talking about in the church. You set so. me up because I already told you this story about how we don't do it. So thumbs down for... Thumbs down. Yeah. Can I not like can I can I not comedus this thing and that's just what like, I that's what I want is like a middle because something <laughs> I'm like well, me. okay so if I I mean if I had to choose I would say um, like you you broke it down Mike like in our house church I'm thumbs up yeah because I know everybody I know how everybody would hear that yeah in a larger context more yeah. public gathering I would probably say down yeah and, and I mean. Because we're not saying, oh, but thumbs up because we're going to sit there and teach everybody what we mean by this. We're just saying, sing the song. Yeah, exactly. And, and in that way, I would say, I would probably avoid the song. Maybe that's a good parameter. Sure. Maybe that's a good parameter, too. Is this a song that you could just do mm-hmm. without having to explain without it? Without having to explain it. Okay. You know? Okay. In, in that way, I'm, I'll say this down for now. <laughs> so okay so no lack of love for the song no, but no, in a corporate congregational yeah. context yeah. where it could cause yeah. just division reminder, it's unnecessary yeah just a reminder it. thumbs up means that we would use it at church thumbs down means that we don't it doesn't mean that we like or don't like the song <laughs> or that I, yeah that i can't yeah. sing it yeah personally sure yeah as a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button.